leave that side. Cool. Oh, you know what? I think that's how I was streaming though. Fuck me. Shit. Fuck. Shit. Piss. <laughs> hey guys, Kitsy here. We went ahead and re- did our first, you know, live remote Facebook podcast. Thank God we did because when we recorded this, I lost my audio. So please bear with us as this is a recording of a recording. Um, It's not top quality and I apologize for that, but bear with us. We're making it through the best we can. I hope you're staying at home. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're safe and I hope you're washing your fucking hands. Hey, check out our merch oddityfiles.com slash site slash shop. Oddity Files Podcast. All things creepy, cryptic, otherworldly. Oddity Files, the podcast. Guys! We're live. <laughs> oh, so how you doing? Stuff and things. Good. Hey guys, you're listening to Oddity Files, the, the podcast. podcast. <laughs> I think we may be on a little bit of a delay with each other, and that's just gonna suck till we can still be in the same room together. Is yeah, we'll what figure I'm it guessing. out. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Clayton. Oh Abbott. my goodness. Yeah, I am Kitsy Duncan, and we are a paranormal podcast. We talk about creepy shit we find on the internet. We started out as a paranormal show on TV, and Clayton's got the spiel down for that. Yeah, so we started off however many years ago. It's been so many now that I've kind of forgotten. Um, Just investigating as a hobby, and Kitsy started doing it first, and then she was like, hey, would you be interested? Because she knew I was kind of a, a skeptic. And so I was like, yeah, why not? And now <laughs> here we are, it's 2020, we're trapped inside our own homes and <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All the stuff and all the things. I, I've i not had anything else paranormal going on at my house. Thank whoever I need to thank for that. Um, but okay, I can't watch this Facebook live and do it at the same time because you're moving, diff- you're moving, you're talking on the screen, but I'm not hearing anything in my ear. So I can't do this delay shit. So if you <laughs> want to keep an eye on, if there's anything going on in the, the, the chat room, I would greatly appreciate that. Oh yeah. I'll try to watch that as well. Anyhow, we need to thank our producers. Our producers are Patreon members of ours and you can find our Patreon where we upload exclusive content as often as we freaking possibly can. It's patreon.com slash oddity files. Clayton had a really good video go up this past week about his darkest experience. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Those producers are Doug Malden Locke, Donald Blanchflower, and Ryan Hoke. And we cannot say how much we appreciate you guys still supporting us through all the stuff and all the things. And we love you for it. And every single person that We've got people that can that donate a dollar, and we adore them just as much. Yes, we really do. And I mean, I know we said it last week as well, but in times like this, and not to like really just like harp on that, but um, you know, we do want to keep creating material for you guys. We do want to keep investigating for season four, and so we just can't explain how much we appreciate that without it. I mean, there's no word to explain uh, how much. No, we there really that. isn't. Somebody needs to make that word up that means more than appreciate. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
I did, I put up a new autosode again this week. I'm going to keep doing that as much as I can. Yeah. I mean, I've got time. I've got some really cool, interesting friends that are, are wanting to be on the show. So this yeah, week was not? Ty Gowan from Haunt Me. They are a YouTube uh, paranormal show, very similar to us. They use some really cool techniques that are different from the things we do, but they go in like we do. They don't scream at the ghosts. They go in to find out the story. So it's Haunt Me Official on YouTube. Definitely check them out. And thanks, Ty, for being a part of that. He said, uh, Clayton, that some point once it gets i want to have him on again before his their season seven comes out and he wants to do a rune reading with all of us so i thought that Ooh. might be kind of cool yeah that would be cool and um next week i've got billy ludwig on i talk about billy all the time i bought all his Absolutely. art it's all over in here pointing to some now um he's got great stories i mean yeah. amazing stories so Definitely check it out. We're just doing it, one, because we have the time. Two, because I need stuff to do right now. <laughs> so if, if we can provide an extra half hour's worth of, worth of entertainment, we're going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So my mother is now watching season three. Oh, wow. <laughs> she texted me. Oh, where's my phone? I'll, I'll, now that I can do visuals right now, I'm kind of excited. I'm not going to lie. Um, but she sent me a picture today that she is, she's watching season three right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Salt Lake. I think that's, yeah, it has to be Salt Lake. It's the only time we wore winter up. clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, I actually saved some photos to go with my story so I can show people as they're watching. And I'm kind of excited about it. So thanks, mom, for watching. <laughs> How's your mom doing? Um, she's doing great. Um, you know, she's just living at home. Ariel come by and visit every now and then and bring the dogs because they just bounce back and forth to each other's house. Um, they only live like a mile or two apart from each other. So that's nice. But, uh, but yeah, basically the same as everybody else. So you have paranormal in the news, don't you? I do have some paranormal in the news, of course. And this was yesterday. So April 7th. Oh, shit. So this is very fresh. A conspiracy theorist claims to have found a UFO part on Mars. Ooh. Yes, alien hunters have been sent into a frenzy after they discovered what they believe to be a piece of UFO technology on Mars. Prominent conspiracy theorist Scott C. Waring claims that he has found a piece of technology. Um, it appears to be a smooth rock, but he believes that the smoothness indicates that it was manufactured, that there's no way that that's just like a rock laying around. And um, we have our Instagram stories, guys. So if you're listening along and you really want to know what this looks like, head on over to Instagram and I'll make sure and put a picture of this on there. So you know how NASA takes like high def, like panoramic photos with their landers that are on Mars right now? Oh, yeah. And they're like, and they'll post them and people just like love looking at them. Well, he found this piece that he says, and this is a quote by him. He said, the object I found has smooth edges and is rounded at the ends, almost like the part of a wing from an aircraft that has been perfectly sliced open. The object is too smooth and too perfect and too perfectly proportioned to be a natural. And then <laughs> NASA, of course, had to come back and they said that um, they're all just um, what they call peridalia, which is just like the psychological phenomenon when the brain tricks your eye into seeing something oh familiar. yeah like if somebody sees a ghost in a window but it's really just the tree reflection that kind of looks like a ghost thing yeah 
Um, that's what they said. But who knows? Because that could just yeah. be NASA being like, oops, we should have shopped that out. Um, yeah, but it is. Yeah. It looks, um, it's very like, imagine if you had like a scroll, you know, like an old paper, how it's like flat and the ends like round. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's just a rock. And they think it's stone or could it be something else? So NASA's just saying it's just base rock. But this okay. famous conspiracy theorist is saying no. And my favorite quote by him is, this is absolute proof that an, intel an intelligent civilization once thrived on Mars. <laughs> well, who knows? He could be right. Right. But I love it. Absolute <laughs> proof. It's absolute. Pr There's no freaking absolute <laughs> proof for anything, people. Get with it. These are the right. times we live in. They're not we make up shit because like... we can. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. The fact that he uh, like scrolled through that high def image long enough to find that little rock, though. Well, Can you he, tell he has time on his hands right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm surprised we're not find, we're not hearing about more shit right now, just because people have time on their hands. The damn truth. I know. Oh, did you see the new teaser I put up? I did. It looks great. Um, and if you guys don't Thank know what she's you. talking about, head on over to our Facebook or our Instagram. And I think you put it on Twitter as well. Um, all, all of our handles are at Oddity Files. Um, yeah, that's how to find us. And it's just a little teaser as to some of the things that happen in season three and that's all i'll say but guys if you're watching this right now again i can't bring up the facebook page because there's a lag and my, i am far too fucking adhd to watch something else happening that happened three <coughs> seconds ago but if you are watching on live right now pretty please uh start a watch party get this out to as many people as possible um and hopefully they'll check us out on amazon prime listen to more podcasts um, we do have a rate and review contest going on again. So if you are listening on Apple podcasts, please leave a review and rate us whatever you want. I'm not saying you have to rate us well, but I sure fucking appreciate it if you did. Um, and also on IMDB and you can do it on Amazon prime as well. And once you put that review up, go ahead and screen grab it either with your phone or on your computer or whatever, and email it to us at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. And we'll put you in for this month's drawing. So everybody who does that goes into the drawing for this month. And I thought about doing a, like a secondary mini contest, Clayton, what Ooh. do you think about? Tell me if more. We <laughs> if we have them take like super creative selfies while watching oddity files on their television it can be video it can be pictures but it has to be like quirky and fun and weird absolutely right. yeah, 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 and yeah. then you've got to tag us on whatever social media you're on so we can then share it as well and then we can do that for maybe on a weekly basis, because again, I've got time on my hands and the best one will win. So you and I will I like judge that. and pick which one's our favorite. So yeah, guys, there you go. It just happened. Exclusive live Facebook information right there. Take a fun selfie uh, or video of you watching oddity files. The more creative, the better. Just make sure you tag us on all the socials. It'll work on Instagram. It'll work on Twitter. It'll work on Facebook. So there we have it. One, we're recording still. Two, we have a contest. I'm tagging each and every one of you watching right now. Have fun with it. Get creative. Um, I may do one as well. I think Clayton and DJ Jimmy, mwah, mwah, 
should do one as well. And um, we should just have fun with it. I agree. Cool. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much. I told you my mom was watching. Oh, so on the Facebook fan group page we have, it's different than a, just our Oddity Files Facebook page. I've been posting some really cool like virtual tours you can do right now. You can go into the catacombs of Paris virtually. I just posted one today, which was Dracula's Castle or whatever it's called. So there's actually some really cool ways to get spooky from your house, guys. Really cool. But it's just um, Facebook, uh, Oddity Files Facebook fan group. And yeah, anything spooky going on with you, dude? Not really. You know, everything's been been pretty chill here. Um, and same at home ever since that like initial weird stuff was happening right when when James got home. Um, but other than that, it's just been pretty chill, which, like you said, <laughs> not mad at it. No, really not at all. To see, uh, to see Bigfoot out here. So still waiting. Yeah. I, I have been watching a little closer out in the woods and hearing some weird shit. I'm sure it's not Bigfoot, but I wish it was. <laughs> yeah, things after I smudged hardcore, like I like to put it, things have, have been chill around here too. Still, every time I'm on some kind of video chat, I light up these shelves to see if I can get those shadows to happen again, and it has not. So still can't figure out what it is. Still have not taken the spirit box out but that doesn't mean I won't. So weird though. I know, absolutely crazy. Oh, look, I have an audience. Do you see my little creepy mannequin behind me here? <laughs> that terrifying little boy mannequin. <laughs> Missing both arms and his leg is stuck up like this. <laughs> oh know. gosh. But his hat says gone squatching. So there you go. It's my in-studio <laughs> audience today. <laughs> but I've got stories. I do too. It's my oh. turn to go first? Correct. Okay, cool. Let me double check, make sure I'm still recording here. Because the line went flat again. There's nothing good about a flat line. Okay, so I am gonna do the story today of Indrid Cold. Have you heard of Indrid Cold? I've never heard of her. Oh, you just wait. As I do, I was watching Mysteries at the Museum really starting to think the Travel Channel should put me on their payroll at this point, as much as I plug their television shows, but I digress. So I don't know how many of you are Wilder heads, made up that name, like myself, but Don Wilder is the host of the show, and boy, oh boy, that man can host me anytime. Just putting it out there, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, don't tell my husband. But each episode is about three or four stories based around an item in a museum. And Wilder tells each story with witty puns and a smooth velvet pipes that he was blessed with. Did I mention his rugged good looks? Well, if I didn't, there you go. Sorry, got lost in the moment. Anyhow, sometimes he tells like a mini story before he goes into the full story he's talking about for that specific segment. And the story of Indrid Cold was one of those. And damn it, I wanted to know more. I was really pissed it wasn't his full story. Don is just such a tease. I don't know. So I'm about to tell you the story of Indrid Cold. And the story goes a little something like this. Picture it. West Virginia, 1966. 
You're welcome for the Golden Girls reference. Uh, the world is a flutter with stories of Mothman. See what I did there? Okay, enough with the banter and the witty puns. I, I will stop. I am not done Wildman. Okay, so like I said, we're in Mineral Wells, West Virginia, right near the border of Ohio. Former military man and now J.C. Penny sewing machine salesman, Woody Derenberger, is driving home after a long day of sewing machine shit. The night was overcast and drizzling, and Woody was having none of it as he heard a sewing machine fall over in the back of his van. So he pulls over and he gets out and he straps it back. And this has nothing to do with the story. This is me just stretching time. Um, so he gets it all secure in the back and starts to head back home. It was a long day. I think it was like he didn't leave work till 7 p.m. So he was just over it. So um, I can't imagine that the sewing machine industry was anything but stressful in 1966. He sees in the oncoming traffic, a vehicle start to slow down and to a crawl and then kind of cut him off in his lane. So Woody stops, annoyed again, and he knew he wasn't speeding. So if it was a cop, he'd be fine. He pulls over and stops and waits. Eventually a man starts to walk toward him, a very tall, very tan, grinning ear to ear man and he motions for Woody to roll down his window. Woody noted that this man had a dark overcoat on and beneath that, he wore a metallic looking uniform in 1966. Okay. It was green and it glistened in the limited light and his, the man's arms were all folded and both sets of knuckles seemed to nestle within his armpits. So, you know, he's looking all stern and but with this really creepy grin on his face. So the man with the interesting, interesting fashion sense said that he was Indrid Cold and that he meant no harm. Cold said he just wanted to know more about the human race and he would visit Darren Berger again. So not a whole lot of information on it because there are books written about this whole encounter since it was going on during the Mothman stuff. I think a lot of it got swept under the rug, um, but still super interesting. And I may have to add a few new books to my, my reading list for sure. So Ingrid also said that he came from a place less powerful than the United States. He was very reassuring and admitted that he was flesh and blood like Woody and in no special or and in no way special or spectacular. Indrid also openly encouraged Woody to report the encounter to the authorities and confirmation would follow. So that's what got my interest in it. First of all, weirdo on the side of the road, you don't roll down your windows. I know it's 1966, right. but still serial killers. But he said all of this to him with his huge smile staying on his face and did it all telepathically, according to That's a curveball. Yeah. <laughs> After the encounter, Woody stated that Cold revealed he was from the planet Lanulus in the galaxy Genemetus. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right. G-E-N-E-M-E-D-E-S. I mean, what? <laughs> 
starting to think Woody forgot to take his meds that day. Not 100% sure, but I'm going to go with that. Before he returned to his vehicle, Andred revealed that this would be just the first of several such meetings the pair would have. And then he just mm-hmm. went on his little sewing salesman way back home. Andred did keep his word. Woody received several additional visits from the same man. On some of these subsequent visits, Andred was not alone. Before Andred left, Woody did notice that it wasn't a car that cut him off, but it was an elongated ship of sorts that he compared to an old handheld lantern. So now it's a spacecraft. Yes. Yeah. I kind of got ahead of myself there for just a second and then went back. So sorry about that. If you're not keeping track, let me know. Okay. (laughs) So Woody wrote a book about these encounters. It's called Visitors from Lanulus. I haven't read the book yet, but that's only because I decided to write this story at 11 p.m. last night. Thanks self-isolation for having no idea what day it is anymore. Um, But apparently Woody came home, told his wife, she immediately called the police, and the following day the police looked into things and the press showed up at their house. Still, I haven't heard of this and it's surprising, even though the press was there, but Mothman shit, fine, whatever. I did watch an interview with his daughter, Tanya, and the woman has stories, I'm just gonna say. Uh, She'd said that she'd met Cold herself on several occasions. She was four when this happened and that her father would go away for days and weeks at a time claiming that he'd been on a trip to Lanulus. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes he'd have no idea where he just came from. It's like I was gone, I don't know where I was. So, you know, crazy train. (laughs) My first thought after watching the daughter's interview was, this is quite an elaborate story to cover up an affair. That's true. Yeah, yeah, so. Other people said maybe he he was schizophrenic, maybe none of it ever happened, but the daughter claims to have met the guy. So she went on to describe uh, her encounters with Mr. Cold. She claims he looked like an average man, about six foot tall, but he had a deep, dark tan. And since Tanya was such a young child at the time, she said it just looked like he'd been in the sun for a very long time, which was odd for her because it was the winter when she had met him. Where is this again? West Virginia. Okay, that's right. She also went on to say that when Indrid would talk to her, he'd use his mouth because he was afraid he would frighten her because she was so young. Gotcha. I would, it would frighten the shit out of me and I'm a grown ass adult. I'd be like, wait a minute, those voices is in my head. They just <laughs> changed their tone. Okay, so she went on to say that after her father's encounters, he started drinking a lot, hardly ever slept and always seemed as though he was about to have a nervous breakdown. That kind of lends to the validity of that, or maybe she noticed it after, and this was going on for some time. This is me playing devil's advocate. So the missus had had enough. Woody was gone all the time, and when he was home, there were people taking up all of his time. They were there, they were talking to him about his encounters, and she was kind of just in the background serving coffee. So she picked up the kids and left. She never spoke about the smiling man again until she was on her deathbed. She confided confided in her daughter, Tanya, that before the couple had split up, that she would go out grocery shopping or doing day-to-day things. And when she'd get home, Woody would know every detail about her trip, 
who she yeah. saw, what she bought, the exact total of the grocery bill before she barely got out of the car. So Tanya also wrote a book, which I've added to my list. It's called Beyond Lanulus. And it's about her experiences as a child into adulthood with Ingrid and her father's relationship. She also claims that when her father's when her father died, that Ingrid Cold was at his funeral in 1990. What? There's got to be pictures of him. Right, there's got to be pictures. Or she just wants to cash in on dad's fame and write a book. Sure. I don't know. Devil's advocate again. This one, I'm teetering. I'm not sure whether I believe it or not. Maybe if I read the books, I'll feel better either way. But there's a story of Woody and Ingrid. But wait, there's more. This wasn't the only documented case of Mr. Cold. It wasn't even the first. By these other accounts, he's known as the Grinning Man. On the very same night, on the same road, two other men saw an elongated object landed in front of their vehicle. They were also forced to stop and they watched as the man disembarked and headed their way. He wore a dark coat, code, coat, fuck, um, and folded both arms under his armpits just the same way he did. He asked both men questions that seemed pointless to them before the man returned to the craft and subsequently took off. So apparently they weren't the men for him. Several weeks before Woody had his encounter, a pair of boys met a man that scared both of them. The boys' names were James and Mouse. I couldn't pronounce their last name, so I just left it out. They were walking home along 4th Street in Elizabeth, New Jersey. They reached a corner opposite the local landmark called the Turnpike. And this was an elevated area with a high wire fence and a steep incline. They reported that behind the fence stood the strangest man they ever saw. Neither had any idea of how the man got in there or where he came from. The man just stood there and grinned a big old grin. Ew. Yeah, I've got a couple pictures of said grinning man. So we've got this one. Okay. This one. I hate that. Yeah. This is the daughter and Woody. And here's a Woody back in the day. He was a good looking feller. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and this is the cover of Tanya's book, Beyond Lanulus. So he kind of looks like the Joker is the vibe I'm getting. Like Heath Ledger Joker. Yes. Another story happened in the home of the Lilies a family living in Point Pleasant where Mothman was spotted. And I, it seemed familiar to me. So I'm wondering if I added this into my Mothman story. So if it sounds familiar, now I'm claiming it's part of this. So I just make shit up as I go. The Lilies claim to see strange lights in the sky right above their home, at least every night. This was before the Mothman came and experience strange events in their house. Mrs. Lilly said, we've seen all kinds of strange things, blue lights, green ones, red ones, things that change color. Some have even been so low that we thought we could see diamond shaped windows in them. And none of them would make any noise at all. Automobiles near the Lilly home would stall for absolutely no reason. 
Kitchen cabinets and doors inside the Lily's home would slam inexplicably in the middle of the night. And Mrs. Lily said she sometimes heard a sound like a baby crying throughout the inside of her home. So none of that makes any sense to go with either no, lockman or this story. Add up or anything. Yeah. You've got poltergeist activity. You've got babies crying. You've got cars stalling and weird lights in the sky. Right. Okay, so maybe Woody was who Mr. Cold had been looking for. Maybe he'd been on the search for the right person. I don't know. Because after 1967, no other spotted spottings of Andrus or Grinning Man or anything was ever documented. Woody maintained that the claims until he died. However, he didn't talk much about the encounters after the 1980s. So is he an alien? Is he a time traveler or the creation of an overactive imagination? I don't know. Because maybe like you said, maybe they were just like milking this fame and it was all just like a, a plot. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, Woody's having an affair with Indris and that's why dude was around the house, but he played it off that's like, true. oh, this is an alien. I'm going to go <laughs> out of town with him for a couple of weeks. I'll be back, babe. You know? <laughs> how i see it going down it was 1966 so you never know yeah uh the summer of free love well unless you're an alien uh but the real story is where the grinning man aka indrid cold and the mothman were they related because they happened so close to one another maybe it's like two different species from lanulus that's how it's said I don't know. It's kind of crazy. And I forgot to give my my wingmen titles in here. Thanks, Google. <clears throat> Insane though, right? That's so crazy. And like you said, I it sounds like a story that like you've heard before, but I know that I haven't heard mm-hmm. that story. But it sounds like something like, oh, that's kind of familiar, but at the same time it's like, no, this <laughs> this guy's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And they're and they're calling it a an American cryptid because nobody knows what it was. They're not really calling it an alien. Some people said it might've been a man in black. I don't know. It's just very freaking interesting. And the pictures are creepy as fuck. Yeah. The whole smiling man face. It's kind of like a V for vendetta mask meets like the Mr. Robot mask meets the Joker. It's just nothing you ever want to encounter. (laughs) No, God, no, God, no. And, and this, the sparkly green clothing. Thanks. No. Right. I'm and good. get your hands out of your armpits. <laughs> yes. Cause I don't want to smell that later. Right. Well, my story is, um, only like 10 years prior to yours and it's a little cursy. It's a little unsolved mystery. It's a little conspiracy. So, um, I never heard about it and maybe you have, I don't know, I can see this being something that was like on a mysteries at the museum or something like that, but. God love Don Wildman. <laughs> um, and I'm probably going to be pronouncing this town incorrectly, but I'm just going to be consistent with the incorrect pronunciation. <laughs> That's perfect. Pont Saint S3 is a quite picturesque village in the south of France. In the summer of 1951, however, an illness spread through the little French town that made it anything but quiet. If you had been there in the month of August, there was a certain week that 
you wouldn't have it's so it's like a coastal town you wouldn't have been like listening to waves you'd have been hearing ambulances screams banging noises just hysteria so on august 15th shit all three town doctors woke up to find the local villagers stuffed full in their waiting rooms it was so overcrowded many were spilling literally onto the streets at first the doctors concluded that it was just a mass case of food poisoning the symptoms were similar stomach aches nausea vomiting diarrhea so the patient the patients were just sent home to rest and that kind of seemed to work for most of them as their symptoms just subsided but then slowly their initial symptoms were replaced with even more terrifying symptoms they had been prescribed bed rest um just as a relief because a lot of them were just you know how like when you're really sick and you're almost just like your body's just exhausted um, yeah. but, but none of them could sleep. The villagers became depressive and agitated. They suffered hot and cold spells and began to sweat and salivate profusely. After about 48 oh, hours, terrible. many began hallucinating and the testimony of their visions is nightmarish. So 15 days after the first symptoms, and this is, um, a quote from one of those doctors. Again, this was in 1951. So like not that long ago, like we have records. Right. Um, the doctor quoted, in many of the patients, they were followed by dreamy delirium. The delirium seemed to be systematized with animal hallucinations and self-accusation. And it was sometimes mystical or macabre. In some cases, terrifying visions were followed by fugues and two patients even threw themselves out of windows. Every attempt at restraint increased the agitation. In severe cases, muscular spasms appeared, recalling those of blah, 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 science stuff. Um, the duration of these periods of delirium <laughs> was very just like all over the place. Some lasted hours of these like severe hallucinations, while some lasted minutes and some days. One survivor, what? he was a 16-year-old postman at the time, remembered the moment that he was struck with this mysterious illness. And his quote, he said, it was terrible. I had the sensation of shrinking and the fire and the serpents coiling around my arms. Like imagine what? being a 16 year old and seeing these snakes on fire coiling up you. No. A young girl complained of seeing man eating tigers chasing her. Others of evil doctors knocking out their windows, the skin peeling off their faces. They saw themselves on fire being eaten by animals and giant plants and chased by beasts. An 11 year old boy tried to strangle his mother. One man threw himself out of a window because he believed he was an airplane, broke both of his legs and managed to get up and run 50 meters to the end of the road until two nurses were able to like get him. Another tried to throw himself oh, into the shit. river shouting, I'm dead, my head is made of copper and I have snakes in my stomach. So it's just like the whole town, the, this whole town is just losing it. All, all the exact same time. But they put that postman into a straitjacket and locked him into a room with three other teenagers. Um, and he said that, this is another quote, he said, some of my friends tried to get out of a small window. They were thrashing wildly, screaming. The sound of the metal beds jumping up and down, it was terrible. I would rather die than go through that again. So oh, yeah. if this wasn't like strange enough, at least 300 people were said to be afflicted with this at the exact same time. So 30 were hospitalized and five would end up dead. It was so widespread that August 24th is now referred to as night of the apocalypse in the local town. So oh, the terror 
continued, one elderly woman threw herself against the wall so violently that she broke three of her own ribs. One man complained that he could see his heart escaping through his feet and begged doctors to put it back. Just like crazy. Of the oh five people God. that died, all were of sudden heart failures. And two were a couple that died almost simultaneous, like at the exact same time, which is crazy. And then another person that died was just an otherwise healthy 25-year-old guy. He was just, just dropped it. So as wow. quickly as it came, it all just disappeared. People returned home from the hospitals and the asylums. However, some would spend the rest of their lives in the asylums because, like, the memory, it was just like they were going crazy. Families been torn apart, you name it. So there's only one thing to be done. They just had to move on with their lives. So what actually happened there in August of 1951? Technically, to this yeah. day, it remains an unsolved mystery. But the most accepted theory is that the poison came from the local bread. So in the 1950s, French flour and wheat was distributed by the government. Once a local area received their share, that was it. So the government came by, said, here's your flour. This is what you get for the week. Even if the flour had seemed to have gone bad, you either use it or went without it. Furthermore, the number of people afflicted seems to roughly line up with how much bread the local baker got the day before the symptoms. Um, the biggest su right. suspect is um, ergo poisoning. It's a fungus that has been attributed to mass hysteria in Salem, Massachusetts, nearly like 300 years before. Um, in fact, oh. many other local bakeries remember receiving gray-looking flour that morning. But if Ew. the government is like mass, like giving out all this flour, why was only this one town affected? And it wasn't like there were well, yeah, reports yeah, of people in like neighboring towns. So if it's the same bunch of flour, why is it just this town? One investigative journalist has another theory that the American CIA poisoned the French villagers with LSD as part of their experiments in biological warfare. And this is where it gets oh, like snap. crazy. The journalist, Alvarelli, says that he found a top secret report issued in 1949 by the research director of the Edgewood Arsenal, where many U.S. government LSD experiments were carried out, which states that the Army should do everything possible to launch field experiments using this drug. Using the Freedom of Information legislation, he also got a hold of another CIA report from 1954, so after the fact. In it, an agent reported his conversation with a representative of the Sandoz Chemical Company in Switzerland. Sandoz's base is just a couple hundred kilometers from the town where this happened and was the only place in the world where LSD was being produced at the time. So it's all kind of like, oh, right. Um, it all kind of adds up to that. <laughs> it all adds up. And then he found another one, another report um, saying that like this, these files need to be buried at all costs. So, and this was at the height uh, of the Cold War where the U.S. was openly, like, it's, we now know that they were doing, like, human testing with LSD and mind control and all that stuff. And so why not pick this, like, teeny, teeny little town where they know they can, like, lace the flower with this, give it to them and kind of see how they react. Yeah. So other experts believe that the symptoms just don't add up and dispute both LSD and the ergo um, poisoning theories. 
uh, some villagers believe that it was a curse, revenge for a defaced statue of Virgin Mary that just days prior had been like some like who knows who like defaced it. Others well, suspect, I mean, she might be pissed, not going to lie. Right. Others suspect that a baker, a good friend of a local pharmacist, of bleaching his bread, and some believe the whole thing was just quietly covered up by the government. But what I find so weird about that is that all the symptoms combined don't fit LSD or the food poisoning, let's call it. So it's like, if that's not it, what would cause 300 people to simultaneously lose their mind? Just lose their shit everywhere. So you had mentioned Salem. Was this about the time of the witch trials or was it different? So this was in 1951 and the fungus that was attributed to the mass hysteria in Salem, yeah, was 300 years prior. Which is about that time, which... I mean, it's different, but still people lost their shit. Yeah. So interesting. I'd never heard of that before. Me either. And it was, of course, like one of those things. I wasn't even looking for a story, anything to do with this. And then it was like, I saw, I was on one page and saw like a link to like a bit of the story. And then I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? You're as ADHD as I am. (laughs) But then I was just hooked because there's. That was so interesting potential of curse and conspiracy and like the u.s government and just crazy all the stuff and all the things literally but can you imagine like having gone to vacation in that town and like showing up and just seeing like people running down the streets being chased by nurses and like no you know that would just be my luck (laughs) (laughs) right Finally going on this quiet little little French vacation. The one time I get to France, this shit goes down. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, God. No, that was insane. I thought maybe I had heard a story once about it was Mysteries at the Museum. It was a little French town, but it was like in the 1800s where just all of a sudden and it was like August, like all the townspeople started dancing. Couldn't stop dancing. yes. Yes, I know that story. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where I saw it, but I, yeah, I know exactly so, what you're talking about. And I thought that's where you were going to go. And you're like, 1950s. So I'm like, what? Right. Like, yes. I was like, did it happen again? <laughs> that was amazing. Well, you've got somebody with a paranormal story, don't you? I do. He wants to wait till next week because he wants to prepare. <laughs> well, damn it. Now I'm unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Let me fault. see. But if you are listening, if... so next week's story, if you watched season two um the episode i believe it's called the night what is what is the episode called the one um the house in bloomington yeah i don't remember the the longing spirit yes i believe so um yeah so someone who actually lived in that house and had the majority of the experiences there will be on the show kind of telling his personal um his side of what happened I know that like we went in and we investigated, you know, this is a, an eyewitness account, if you will. And it's, it's terrifying. I cannot wait. I am. I found a story. I'm going to copy and paste it into something where I can make it larger and actually see it because I am Alzheimer's years old. Cause usually I print them out. So for those who don't normally watch us do this live. Okay. So Uh, This is from a mutual friend of ours named Gretchen. 
and she said, here's one of the scariest, scarier things that has happened to me. I grew up in a small farming community in Nevada, surrounded by farmland and mountains. At the end of our street was an old homestead with an adobe kitchen, a collapsed house, and an outhouse. One Halloween, when I was in high school, I had a Halloween party, which ended with all of us taking a walk down to the homestead site at around 10 p.m. Um, there was about 15 of us heading off down the road, and a couple of guys decided to meet us down there with their cars. One of them ended up having car trouble. So that car was left in my driveway, and he ended up walking down after us. When we arrived at the site, most of the group had stayed outside the gate. Some decided to go joyriding down to the dairy further up the road. And my friend Kendra and I went to do some paranormal investigating, as one does. I asked everyone else to stay, to stay on the outside of the gate while we had a look, as I knew the owners and was allowed to be on the property, which made it less likely we would be arrested for trespassing. I like the way she thinks. Um, Kendra and I approached the Adobe kitchen, which had an old wood door. As soon as we got close to the door, a strange breeze started up. It wasn't behaving like a normal breeze. It would swirl around us, but none of the trees or the leaves on the lot were moving at all. Kendra decided to start asking questions and the door began to move as if to answer us. You know, you don't have any paranormal equipment. You're just gonna make do with a door. I like this. Our focus was on the door at this point, but a strange feeling came over us that pulled our attention back towards the road. Standing about 30 feet from us, backlit by the car headlights was a man. He was wearing a trench coat. Oh, this sounds familiar. But he was also wearing a top hat. But it was a shadow. It wasn't like a, a full person. She couldn't see the face or anything like that. It was just like the shadow. Okay, so I called out for him to go back behind the gate before he got us in trouble. He didn't move. So Kendra said she would go and take care of it. I watched her approach him. And when she got within 10 feet of him, she froze. He looked at her and started running around the back of the haystack. Nope, nope, nope. Kendra turned to me and I could tell immediately something was wrong. She was shaking and said to me, he had no face. Of course, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. He wasn't just backlit. He was actually solid black, like he was a shadow. Kendra couldn't see any detail to him at all other than his silhouette. He was just dark like a shadow. I grabbed Kendra and we went back to the gate. I was still not convinced he wasn't our friend as he was too solid and too real to be a ghost. So I began demanding my friends to tell me where and who he was. My friends by the gate appeared confused and let me know who I thought it was had gone back to my house. He was concerned for his car and hadn't been with them for more than a minute or two before heading back. So I asked which of them had gone through the gate. 
but no one knew what I was talking about. At that moment, our friends in the car pulled up and asked who had been running around the haystack. They had seen the same man with the trench coat and the hat running before he seemed to just disappear. Nope. Nope. <laughs> she says at that point, we were all spooked and went home. Yes, absolutely. So the next Monday, a teacher overheard one of my friends talking about what had happened and told her that when she had been 16, she thought she had hit a man with her car. He ran out in front of her, but just disappeared. Mm -mm. Nope, nope, nope. He looked to be wearing a top hat and a trench coat. And it was on a joint road from the road they were on. This fucking guy. <laughs> Another friend uh, who hadn't been at the party but lived on the same road also had seen him standing along the road late at night. This means people have been seeing him for at least three to four decades. We had taken many late night strolls through this road and had many strange things happen, but that was by far the most terrifying. The being we saw was solid. He wasn't see-through or wispy, and he moved with a kinetic energy like a living creature. I will never forget him standing there looking at us. Maybe we surprised him. He definitely surprised us. Love the podcast, Gretchen Byers. Nope. That was incredible. And why did that never happen to us? I know, right? I don't even know. Maybe we're looking too hard for it. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go check out that place, though. Where, where was it? Somewhere, Somewhere far away. Nevada? Yes. You know, I'm due for a trip to the desert. I'm due for a trip fucking <laughs> anywhere at this point. It's, oh, geez. I, I know we don't talk about what this bullshit is on this show, but I need a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, but that's our show, guys. If you have a paranormal story, go ahead and send it on into us to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. We've got a nice little stockpile going, so I think we may have to break up these new style autisodes with an old style autisode yeah. here real soon and just read stories for you guys because that's always fun. I feel like I'm forgetting something. This um, new format's killing me. Well, typically we have like live events to talk about or... We've already covered Patreon. We've already covered, yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, thanks for doing this. I don't know how many people showed up because I'm, like I said earlier, ADHD when the episode comes out this Friday. For those of you that are watching this and you have no freaking clue what this is, we're a paranormal podcast. We're called Oddity Files. We're on all the podcast apps. We're also a paranormal investigative show on Amazon Prime. Anything you'd like to add, sir? No, I think you nailed it. That's who we are. <laughs> well, guys, this was fun. Now I'm going to go back and watch it on the Facebook Live so I can see if there was anything I missed. Okay, I am going to hopefully stop the live. Nope. You know, here's what I'm going to do, Clayton. I'm going to go ahead. I don't know how to do it. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and mute and stop my video, you can do the same okay. and then I'll figure that out. And then okay. um, I'm gonna stop my recording now. 
and then just send it to me like you did last time. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Of course. Bye, everyone. Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. 2020 artwork created by me, Kitsy Duncan. The opinions expressed in this podcast are ours and ours alone. Well, maybe yours too. If you like the show and would like to support us, visit oddityfiles.com and click on support or go to patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Every little bit helps with both the podcast and the TV show. You can also support us by watching Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. It's free to Prime members and dirt cheap to those who aren't. You can find us on all the social media sites at Oddity Files. Keep spreading the word by sharing, retweeting, and reposting. Join our Oddity Files Facebook group by searching Oddity Files Fan Group and click Join. We'll approve you as soon as we can. All weirdos are welcome. Not into that social media stuff? Tell your coworkers, family, even the weird guy who just won't stop talking to you in line for coffee. Oh, and grandma. Your grandma will love us. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if it weren't for you, we have no idea what we would do with our lives. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send it on in at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also, send in story ideas, silly, weird memes, or just positive vibes to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. You can also call in and leave that in a voicemail. Call us at 317-300-6699. To contact us about an appearance, reach out at kitsy at oddityfiles.com. When you have a sec, rate, review, and subscribe. We know it doesn't sound like much, but it really helps us get up there on the podcasting charts. And remember, kids, weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Um, why are you still here? Go on. Get out of here. Turn it off. It's done. Really? I swear, go. Get. Serious, I'm out of here.